And here we are. It's still sober with John Rabin. Um, this is episode slash diary entry number uh, 10.41. That's year 10, week 41 of my sobriety. It's, uh, it's an arbitrary number, but it's my arbitrary number. If you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. Hi, guys. How's it going? I'm dealing with uh, regular stuff. Work is slowing down, although we're looking at some kind of moving stuff and uh, moving to a different warehouse. And that requires a uh, – uh, brings a stress level – of a different kind. So it kind of balances out. It's like, okay, work is slowing down, but this other thing is coming in. So it'll balance it out to keep my level of um, stress, you know, average. So, you know, everything's normal, I would say. Um, what was I going to talk about? Yeah, I we've had a lot of uh, help in the warehouse, and I have learned how I've been slowly learning because I don't. I've never been in a position where I'm a manager like that. I'm managing a team, making sure that work gets done, checking you know problem solving with different people and. That's never been my role. It's never been something I wanted. Like you, you, but you're a natural leader. Am I? Uh, but it's been it's it's been interesting um, because when I man the team that I manage, only two people are really like consistent. Everybody else is like either part time or they're new people that come in. Um, that's kind of a temp, kind of a temp help where they come in for a shift and, uh, where you have to, so it's, uh, the downside of that is, you know, you kind of broadsided in the morning and like, oh, I have to train this person, um, on what they need to do that day. And, um, and different people have different skill sets and you have to try to figure out, is this person, can this person do this? Would they be better suited for this other thing? Or if not those two. The third thing, if they can't do any of those three things, they're useless to me. So we got to keep them around for about three hours and then go, hey, that's good. That's all I've got for you today. Thank you. And then they don't, you don't have them back. Um, and you have to be diplomatic about it instead of like, what the fuck are you doing here when you can't do any of these things? Um, but you have to figure it out. And I had a, like I had a person come in that uh, that was like heavy on the spectrum. Like I don't know if it if it's Asperger's. I don't know if it's autism. You know, autistic um, personality. I don't know what it is, but there was something off. And it's and it's one of these things where the communication is hard. Um, you're getting asked weird questions. They're awkward. They're different. Like they're not. There's this disconnect, but you work through that and then you get them in this rhythm and they just, 
like they they dive into the process. You you do a step by step process, and you get them into like for example, this particular individual. I got them to do um, silverware, which is basically running. You run a rack of it through the machine. You pull them out. You polish them, which is basically drying them, but then also you know with different rags and stuff, and making sure there's no smudges, there's no dirt still stuck to it, that it's all shiny. You lay them out. Once they're completely dry, you bag them in um, sets of 20. You do 20 like dinner forks all together, salad forks all together, and then knives, which, oh, that didn't sound too hard. Yeah, but it's kind of extensive, except, especially when it's all messed, you know, they're all mixed together. There's tubs of, you know, two dozen different types of flatware that needs to be washed. And it's just kind of a... But once you get them through, like in a step-by-step process, this particular individual just took to it. It was like the process and meticulousness and just like hitting everything while, you know, and everybody who comes to work at the warehouse has like, you know, they bring their headphones or their earbuds. So you just listen to podcasts, listen to bullshit like what you're listening to now or whatever you want to do or music but most people listen to podcast you know watch video podcasts on youtube while they do stuff and he just they just went the whole time and it was so it it was interesting to you know have a rocky start and to take 20 minutes to get them into figuring out what can you do like zero work experience in a warehouse or with polishing glasses and flatware and different stuff that like doesn't know how anything works and it's like all right welcome to work like you're just trying to get them into it um but it's trying to figure out the strength of every individual and just it's it's personal growth that i didn't ask for i don't want to grow i'm going to turn 50 this year I feel like I'm done growing. I know that's not true, but this is this is how I feel. I feel that I've grown enough. And honestly, I'd like to coast anywhere for 20 to 30 more years and then die. This is what I want. I want to coast. I like complacency. I love it. It's very comforting. It's why I did drugs in the first place. I did drugs in the first place because, well, I did it because, it, uh, you know, because I was bored with life and it was fun. But I continued to do drugs because of the numbness. That's why opio- opioids always appealed to me. I liked not feeling anything. Same thing with alcohol. Deadens the feeling. It's gone, right? I like flat, even no highs or lows like no extreme emotional feeling i don't like eh. i like being you know i just want everything to feel like a you know like i'm in a cocoon i like you know i don't like the boat the boat rocked i don't like um anxiety i don't you know who likes it i love anxiety nobody says that i know but uh so i don't like to grow but turns out I have been doing some growth in at work. And it's uh and unfortunately it feels good. I say unfortunately because it it totally reinforces 
the true belief that I have in the back of my mind, which is, yeah, but personal growth, you slowly grow over time and it's, it's evolving as a person, blah, 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 blah. And I know that I just don't want to, I don't like it, but that's kind of how it is. That's how you know how to do stuff with life, like to better yourself or in sobriety and recovery. That's how you know what you need to do because you don't, it's the thing, whatever you don't want to do, that's probably what you need to do. That's, that's always been my, what's always led me to getting that, you know, things done and, you know, maintaining sobriety and, and growth. And that's, that's always what I've done, which is basically, uh, do I want to do this? I absolutely don't want to do this. Well, that means you should do it. Great. That sucks, but tough shit, John. That's the way it works. So it's always, uh, it's, that's always the, the, the thing that should lead you that can lead that can lead you in the right direction. It's like, what should I do? Well, you know, the thing you don't want to do, that's what you should do. Fuck. Well, that's just the way it is. So here's something I've been thinking about and I don't know how to communicate it. It's, it's weird. It's, Because the question seems pretty easy, which is, how do you know if you're an alcoholic or an addict? It's like, how do you know? I think that there's, uh, I think that deep down inside you, you can, you can kind of, if you somehow it's, so it's more of a, how do I cut through what's really going on with me to find out if I'm in denial about whether I'm an addict or not, or an alcoholic or not? Or am I just dealing with some issues and the addiction is a byproduct of some issues that I need to address? Here's, here's an interesting thing that I, well, it's interesting to me, I say, which is that I think the biggest indicator that you've got a, that you've got a substance abuse problem is if your goal to improving your life is so that you can continue to use. Here's what I mean. Let's say you stop drinking for a while because it's because you know you got a lot of shit going on and it's it's getting a little out of control. You're like, I need to I need to take a break, work some stuff out because maybe all the stress I'm under. And all the, the shit that I'm dealing with, maybe if I get that under control, I can then get back to drinking like I normally drank. Because I don't want to have to stop drinking. But maybe if I stop, 
so I can get my shit together. Then I can go back to the way it was just a few years ago. I think that that's an indicator that you do have a drinking problem because that's your motivation. Your motivation is to get back to drinking, not to get your shit together. Just so that you can live a productive life, or li- just so that you can function. Like functionality should be your goal. But your focus, your main focus is the drinking. And I can take, and that's that's from personal experience. I know that. That was absolutely the case with me is I'm all like, all right, if I can figure this out, then, you know, I can go back to, uh, you know, business as usual. And ultimately, I could not. But it's also because I do think, because there are people who had kind of some, who had some issues with substances. And, you know, there absolutely are people who did that. They took a break. Maybe they went to meetings for a little bit. Maybe they did uh, 12 step. Maybe they did something else. Maybe they did some kind of holistic medicine, you know, woo shit. I don't know. And then once they got into a different place, they shifted and they weren't so bad and they were able to continue to, you know, drink or whatever, you know, maybe I've seen people who were getting out of control with drinking and then they end up getting in a relationship and start having a family, they have kids and they immediately just kind of, they shift. A lot of people are like, well, well, and then, you know, they're able to just still able to have a few beers, but their, their mentality shifted, their focus shifted and they're able to function. And the, I don't know. The, the, the problem with it is, is that you're kind of sitting there. It's like it's, it, it exists. So it's, I know I, I can understand some people's concerns. It's like, I don't want to, it seems weird and um, going overboard to call myself an alcoholic when I've gone to meetings and I'm nothing like any of these people at the meetings. Cause these people are fucked. They have gone through some, serious downward spirals and I got arrested for public intoxication once, you know, it's like, or I, you know, threw up on my couch and uh, now the couch is ruined and I have to buy a new couch, which I can afford, but it's got me thinking. I'm like, it seems weird to go through all the stigma of being labeled an alcoholic, admitting that I'm an alcoholic, going through 12 step, doing all these meetings, turning going through all of this just because I had a bad night. And that is fair because also the problem is, is that you've got the AA mentality, which all stems from when it came about in the forties when men were men and not even women went to therapy that, you know, if there's any kind of issues, this is, this is all you got. This is the only option that you have. 
and the mentality in rooms are if you've they secretly down deep down inside nobody at an AA meeting has ever seen anybody else at an AA meeting and not thought uh, they're probably yeah they're definitely alcoholics they just don't know it yet you know if you have to come to a meeting eventually you're going to become you may not be a full-blown alcoholic now but you're on your way down and it's just going to get worse from here they just know it they just assume that because it's just it's that's what they know and they just they see that in other people so if they see aspects of themselves in other people even if they're not bad they see that oh that's going to go that's going to take a turn i see where they're headed but they don't know that they might be right, but you you just don't know. Because the other side of this is, is that I've seen people who are sober and people who do not have addiction issues go through the same problems and have the same issues in their lives as junkies you know they've still they've got their own self-destructive patterns but with other things because they need therapy because they need to work on themselves problems in your life does not immediately equate addiction you're a drug addict you're an alcoholic it doesn't immediately mean that you know you're you've got problems in your life that's and I think that that's where, you know, working on getting sober at first, that you should at first stop all drug use and alcohol use to work on yourself. You don't have to, you know, be a permanent, you know, I'm never going to do drugs again. I'm never going to drink alcohol again. Yeah, but you need to stop, you know, it's, it's, so you don't have to do a finality thing, but you got to stop first before you can figure out what's going on. Because if you're doping yourself up in one way or another, how are you going to get to the, to the, uh, the core of your problem? What's going on with your life? Why are you, uh, what's wrecking you? And you can't get to it until you stop the shit. So you have to stop the shit. So then you can then work on yourself and figure out what's going on. And then maybe, maybe you can get back to, to, you know, being a casual drinker and having a good time and all that. But that shouldn't be the goal. That's how you tell. And it's, you know, I... It's weird to say to bring it up because but it's it's the reality that there are just some people that actually just need to take a break so that they can get they can get their shit together. Um, the the problem with people don't like to say that too much because there's so many people that would rather that want that to be true because they don't want to have to because it's too hard to go the other route or it seems too hard because it is hard. They don't want to have to complete lifestyle change and have to, you know, oh, that's the end of my life. I can't uh, drink White Claw anymore. Uh, so it's it's that's scary. So they'd rather not do that. And it's a good justification to go, oh, maybe, you know, no, it's it, this has nothing to do with my drinking. 
This has nothing to do with all the coke that I like. This has <laughs> this has uh, all this, and you know, it, it reminds me of uh, you know a friend of mine who had a bad meth problem. It was alcohol and meth, and ended up cleaning up. But now they're huge potheads. They're a huge pothead, and they, you know, they smoke a dangerous amount of weed. <laughs> but to them, that's never been a question. Of course, we're going to smoke weed. What? Why wouldn't I? That's not a problem. There was no doubt in their mind that that's not a problem, and they're doing fine. They're doing fine because they're not doing fucking meth anymore. Meth was a problem. Um, that self-destructive pattern that apparently they don't have that pattern with weed. Now, is weed a solution? No, weed is just not part of the equation because it never was in their mind. Psychologically, they already had, I brought that up in, in previous um, episodes about, you know, can you smoke weed? Like I can't. Not only can I not do it, I don't want to, I don't like it, but you know, that that's that whole thing of, well, what if, can I smoke weed if I get sober? Well, if you have to ask, you probably can't. Like if there's fear there about it, that's probably an indicator that it's a it'll be a gateway for you. Because weed is a gateway drug if you're already a drug addict or an alcoholic. You just are, it just is. So you can't have any doubts about that, but it's just something to—it's uh, just something to keep in mind. It's um, that the idea is that you stop using substances so that you have your mind, so that whoever you're going to therapy with, whoever's treating you, is treating you and not a modified version of you an alternate state you because that's where people get into all kinds of different issues. People I know that, 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 that are into therapy, they get pre prescribed different um, prescriptions. They're like, Oh, I'm borderline personality. Really? Are you, or is it that you take too much Xanax with all the weed and the alcohol and the Coke that you do at parties and the Molly and all the other things. Are you sure that maybe all that shit and the Adderall prescription that you have so that you can get work done? Are you sure that all of that isn't somehow maybe affecting your personality? Do you have a borderline personality or, or is this all the byproduct of all the shit that you do? You may have borderline personality, but how do you know if you're still doing all that shit? You got to stop doing all that shit so that they can get to the core of it and go, oh, no, you, you, you do have a borderline personality and you really need to take this, you know, lithium, whatever the hell. It's, that's what's important. So... That's what I had. That's what I had for you today. It's uh, stillsoberpod at gmail.com uh, for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. And uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Later. I've the skin. 
Sides. 